0: Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to be here. We're excited to have a show that's going to be, I think, very interesting for our listeners. Um, And we want to tell you how to plug in with us. There's a couple of ways. The most, I guess, important way is our website. You can go to thehousinghour.com, and that is the treasure trove of all of our information. You can share our show with friends and family. You can find more about our guests. You can find links that we talk about in the show, Um, as well as you can go to Facebook. We're on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash thehousinghour. um, Find us there. We're on Twitter at the Housing Hour, and also Mark has a a really successful Pinterest career that he's working on. I tried
2: to do my first pin this weekend; it didn't Good. work. Did you really? Yeah, oh I did. wow!
1: Well, you don't pin everything you post, and you don't post everything you tweet, and you don't tweet everything that you whatever. Right? Well, so there's a lot to it. We'll teach you it anything you need. Um, today we're excited to have on the show with us someone who um, has been in the real estate market since 1999 here in Knoxville and is an important piece of the puzzle of the knoxville real estate community we have laura slyman with us laura thank you for coming in
3: thank you for having me
1: absolutely we're excited um you are the now president uh, of the knoxville area association of realtors um as well as the owner of slyman real estate is is that correct
3: that is correct
1: all right we have the right person in today (laughs) good um you know, we were talking about people to have on the show and we were talking about the real estate because real estate right now is very fluid. There's a lot going on and there's also things always going on on the international scene that affect us here locally, which is incredible. Um, but we wanted to have the person who could speak to both of those things, like what's going on locally and then also how does what happens out and about in the, in, in the world affect us here locally And I watched your and Susie's um, little clip that you had on the Knoxville News Sentinel, and that was in March. And I guess that's really what I was kind of wanting to start out with with, uh, as far as the local market, because, you know, incredibly, we'll get into you um, and, and who you are, but first and foremost, talk to me about the inventory. How are we still so short on inventory?
3: you have the million dollar question that I wish I had the million dollar answer for. And um, I can't tell you how many times a day I get asked Mm. what is going on with our inventory. And I wish I had that answer, but we are just experiencing an all time low. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 18 years and we have never seen inventory as low as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is supply demand. So Mm -hmm. when supply is low, the demand is high, Um, but it's a trickle effect as well. And it starts, you know, from the top down. And so, um, if you have a house and you want to upgrade, you would love to sell where you are and you would sell right now. But if you don't have a place to go, it mm-hmm. causes you to stay. And right. so therefore, because you're not selling, then your house is not being offered. And mm-hmm. then therefore you're not truly buying. So it's yeah. just a trickle down.
1: Cause people want to put in um, counter offers to say, yes, we will accept your offer, but we need to find a house. That's and correct. That's, you know, it's, it's incredible because it's like almost like it's flipped on its head. It's like, used to be, you know, sellers already had something picked out. That's right. Now it's like, no, you know, now it's almost like the person who's buying, you're like, well, hey, do you have a house that I might be able to look at? I mean, it's crazy.
3: Absolutely. And as buyers, as agents too, we're all doing desperate things. Everybody's Mm -hmm. driving subdivisions, trying to figure out who's going on the market. And I'm watching the obituaries. I I hear agents just say crazy things that we're all doing for our buyers right now.
2: Yes,, but what comes first? I mean, because we had a situation where somebody uh, put a contingency offer and but they hadn 't really arranged having their house put on the market yet, and they lost the contract within twenty four hours of them getting it accepted oh.
3: sure, so what happens here is if a seller accepts a contract or even considers taking a contract an offer why don't I say this from a buyer that has a contingency on their house selling and their house isn 't even on the market, that seller's probably not going to even entertain that because. Oh they would have to then put their house in pending. Mm -hmm. And so then you're not being looked at at all. So I tell buyers all the time, you've got to get your financing straight on the the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're seeing more and more buyers buy without selling, Mm -hmm. taking the risk because they know they'll be able to sell. Right. Um, But again, for a seller, if you're looking at, three, four, five offers, you're not going to take the one that has a contingency, Mm -mm. even if there's a contingency and that person has a contract on their house just for the added risk. That carries over for financing as well. And I know you all are seeing this where Mm -hmm. there's more and more cash in the market, Mm -hmm. because Again, if a seller is choosing between three, four, and five offers, they're going to take the one with a stronger financing or the cash offer, even if it's a lower price, because there's less risk.
1: I don't know if we've ever experienced, now you started in 1999 and both your parents were in, are in real estate, have been, and are in real estate. Um, your father started uh, slime and real estate and auctioneers, I guess in seventy yes, one correct so you have seen the cycles um, as I have because my parents are both in the mortgage industry, so we've seen the curves and we understand it and Mark has been in it since the turn of the century, so he <laughs> understands it, but we've all seen history sort of repeat itself and uh, Mark did a great blog about the evolution you know uh, of the the mortgage market and and how the money has, you know, been more expensive and why has that? But the liquidity factor is the name of the series for those who want to um, Google it. And you might put it in this article or put it in our blog post. But tell me, like, have we seen in the past this ever happen before? Because it doesn't seem like we have.
3: Not to this extent. Yeah. I think we've we've all thought we were just in the best market ever mm-hmm. where um, sellers were getting top value, but we've never seen it like it is right now. Mm-hmm. That being said, buyers are paying more for properties and when there's competing offers if they're going above list price Mm -hmm. then perhaps they're paying more than the current property would even appraise for Mm. so the question is what will happen in two or three years from now are we going to see another bubble like we've seen before
1: right well and you in the bubble years when we led up to 2008 the difference that i see was that supply was not in short so supply were I mean, right. supply. So, yeah. And, and everybody was like, well, I'll buy that one. And then I'll sell this one. And then, you know, contingency offers and all that stuff. I mean, I, I see something else too, that is evolving out of this. And I saw it with one of our employees and it was a $139,000 home. And there was some concerns about the property. So he had a home inspection done. And so and I told him, you know, I said, yes, there are deal breakers in home inspections, but if there are no deal breakers, and you ask this seller to fix something that is three or four hundred dollars or maybe less, even you know they're they're gonna say well and they have the right to simply just basically take the next contract if they want. If you ask for something in that in that period of contingency, right? Am I am I wrong?
3: Well, there is a contingency period. Mm-hmm. And so the buyer makes a request to the seller and it's a negotiation just like an offer. Mm-hmm. And so if you are unable to come to terms, mm-hmm. if a buyer makes a request and the seller says no, then the property would go back on the market. Mm-hmm. But and that's the, what I worry about yes, for some people. The seller couldn't just go to a secondary offer until they had resolved with the first. Right
1: yeah and so if you're out there and you're thinking about buying a house first of all and we'll talk a little bit about your organization because you have buyers agents you have sellers agents you have people who do both you have your own buyers agent on your team beth miser i believe correct so you've got a team of people and i think that's really what we have seen as being the most successful way of doing it is that it's not just one person you've got a team of people and i remember meeting with you back when i was making a sales call on you And you were, this was years and years ago, but this was like, you explained how it worked at your company. You know, you have certain levels of, of, um, agents that they pay certain amount, but you've designed a real great program for real estate agents to thrive. And within this market, isn't that kind of what you need to be the most successful?
3: It it enables me personally to Mm. be the most successful agent that I can be, mm-hmm. because what I want to do is work with buyers and sellers. That's what I love doing. I don't mm-hmm. want to be brokering an office of brand new agents mm. and brand new agents are great. They're great for our industry. They're great for the association, but they're just not great for Laura Lyman personally. Mm. So, right. um, I just developed a model that worked well for me. And that mm. is that every agent has to have a minimum of three years experience.
1: Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive because um At mortgage investors group we we hire folks who are experienced and we want to um, we, we should we should give out a low maintenance award. Um, I think that i don 't know I saw a picture on one of your all's Facebook pages where somebody's holding up a low maintenance
3: yes award. I, I do give superlatives at the end of the year. Yeah. we do give a low maintenance <laughs> award and that's that's very coveted. I will yeah. tell you
1: because that is important. You want people to sort of know what they 're doing. Um, but have the resources as well. Absolutely. And how do you provide your team with the resources they need? Because most of them are experienced. I mean, Susie Gateman isn't going to need you to come down the hall and teach how to do something, right?
3: Sure. So I have 30 agents, and like I said, they all have experience. And so um, we offer meetings where we get together every month or every five weeks and um, have more of a roundtable discussion. So our meetings are centered around – Our local market, what we are doing that is making us successful right now, what we could be doing, what we're seeing. Um, A lot of agencies have training and they're going over how to write a contract. We are focusing on um, more relevant issues for us, social media, how auctions can help realtors. Um, various tools that we're doing to market our properties, Mm -hmm. those types of things. How are we handling multiple offers? That's what we did last week. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you writing your offers to best enable your buyer to win Mm -hmm. in a
1: bidding war? Could you imagine 2009 or when it got slow? having to have a class on handling multiple offers, no, it wouldn't and have existed. No, right? in
3: 2009, we were doing short sale
1: classes right. where I
3: was leading, <laughs> exactly. I, I was known as the short sale queen, which is not the title that any of us were looking right. for. So,
1: But that's so true. And But you have to adapt. And Absolutely. If you don't adapt, then you're going to not be successful. And that's the way we've always looked at it. And, and you guys have weathered storms, we've weathered storms, and I think that that's what causes the cream to rise because you have to know like what to do when things get tough um and i see that in in I mean, obviously 1971 i don't care what you're selling to be in business that long you're doing something right mm-hmm. now you weren't even born then but you definitely have taken hold of this important part of the um the, the family's heritage i would say and taken the legacy to the next level well we're going to continue talking with laura sliman right after these messages
0: Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, Kevin Ray here. I'm very excited to be here uh, with Mark and Laura Sliman. And I want to tell you that the show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Um, been around since 1989, not quite as long as Laura, but um, her firm. But we definitely have a great a set of loan officers that would be happy to assist. So we have offices from Memphis to the tri cities. We'd love for you to go to MIG com and find the one nearest you, or you can give us a call at 1-800-489-8910. So we're back in here with Laura. We were talking about her company, talking about sort of what's been happening with this inventory situation. Um, And Laura, you know, the other thing that we, you mentioned was, the ever-changing landscape of how you market yourself and also your properties. There's just so many tools out there. I mean, you know, and, and we'll get into this as well, and we can do that in the next segment, but you know, you've got these different programs, you've got these different websites and you know, it's, and I've always looked at it as casting a wider net. It's like, well, Oh, I'm only going to do this. Well in real estate, you know, from my perspective, if you just said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do Zillow, I'm not doing realtor.com, I'm just going to have my own website, well, that's probably not going to work out too good. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, because this is the, the roundtable, as you guys talk about this, and I'm sure you have other sort of side conversations and so forth, but talk to me a little bit about the realtor as it relates to technology.
3: Sure. Marketing is everything, as you know, regardless of what your product is. It's all about how it's presented, figuring out who your target market is, and then marketing correctly to that that target and real estate's no different. And so when we have a property, every property appeals to a different type of buyer, whether it's a one level house or it's on acreage or it's in a remote area. So first and foremost, as an agent, we are charged with figuring out who our target market is and then marketing accordingly. Um, For, for me personally, it begins with the media and with having great pictures. And so we start at the very, very beginning on an initial Listing appointment with the seller where we go in and evaluate a property, but then send a professional stager in so that the stager is mm. preparing a house because no matter how well a property is decorated, doesn't mean that it's going to photograph well. So mm. we have very distinct systems that we utilize, and that begins with staging photography. Um, we don't just use any professional photographer. I have a a photography company that we utilize that comes in and does our 3d tours um, we use a matterport technology that ha- actually shows the floor plan it's a walkthrough we do it, it so we cool. just try to be cutting edge in everything that we do i mean so, you
1: can literally tour the home i mean it's like google street view top home. to
3: bottom top it's to incredible. bottom
1: and, and and just to give you guys an idea of the technology if you are looking maybe to vacation this summer and you want to see the inside of the property Find people who use this type of technology when you're going to South Carolina, where you guys go, where do you guys go? Frip Island, Fripp Island. tour that house before you go. It's so cool. And I mean, you guys have it and it's really awesome.
3: Well, and it's as if you're inside Yeah. and a lot of our buyers are coming from out of area. We mm-hmm. know what the relocation looks like here. And so yeah. people are buying sight unseen. I mean, if they you don't, know,
1: they're going to lose the house.
3: That's right. <laughs> Five years ago, we didn't have people buy without seeing, but mm-hmm. now it's happening more and more.
2: And this 3D technology, I saw this last year in California because it was kind of new then. And I was trying to get the guy on the show to talk about it, but uh, I couldn't reach him. He was he was too busy. Sure. But I'm just fascinated now that there is somebody utilizing. Are you the only one? Because I had not found it. I around.
3: was for a long, long time. But um, no, there are a lot of top producing agents out there that are utilizing this service. And it just it helps everyone. It helps the industry as a whole for us. To, to mm. not, but you know, you, you still have some agents that take photos with their iPhone, and while iPhone <laughs> makes the great photo, um, it's probably not the best avenue no. to right. have a realtor using yeah, their iPhone.
1: I tell you what, even, even though the market's really hot right now, taking your phone to the listing appointment, or whenever you do get the listing, and taking the photos with your phone is probably only for um, framing the shot that you like. If there's a shot that you really want the photographer to get. But I, I just, you know, it, it's just one of those things that it turns me off when I'm looking at sure. a property and I think it might for others. Now I'm a perfectionist. I look at those little details. Absolutely. But I think others people do as well. And you spoke to it a moment ago, you, you know, you have a market and when they touch your brand, you want them to leave with a certain feeling. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's because, I mean, I'm a brand ambassador for mortgage investors group and, and, and it's very important to me that where our brand brand is shown or, or is represented that it does have a certain feel and that people leave with a certain feeling and you get that with your, you know, your color is very distinct. I don't even know what true color it is. That is it maroon. I'm not sure
3: we were maroon and now we have gone to a black and, and silver. Oh, cool. So So, in the last few years, that
1: is a specific look that you guys have been looking to find. And also your signage, you have a specific way that you present yourself and, and it's, it's memorable. And I think that's what you're, that's what you're looking for. Um, Let me ask you about this other piece of technology because, you know, with, with the way that certain other real estate agents work, depending on where they work, they put their listing inside of the system, the MLS, the the main holder of your listing. And then they syndicate it out through list hub, right? Correct. And so you get to pick and choose where it gets shown as the broker owner. And then some agents, and I've heard it different ways, There's a lot of things that you can syndicate out to. Maybe some of them you don't want to, right? Um, How do you look at that? Because like military.com has a syndication, you know, uh, overstock.com has. So do you, Walmart, do you subscribe to that? Do you think that it should be syndicated to every single outlet across America or should you pick and choose?
3: For me personally, we believe exposure is exposure. Mm-hmm. So, casting um, a wider net. We do. We do. Now, we try to have as much control as possible. So, mm-hmm. with the Zillow and the Realtor.com and the Trulia, we maintain our own accounts where sure. we pay um, premium to have our properties showcased so that if um, it doesn't syndicate correctly, like Zillow, for instance, from our MLS, Zillow rounds up on bathrooms. Well, that's a problem. So, if you really? have a one and a half bath house, Zillow says you have two baths.
1: Are you? So, kidding? it's you have to go in and edit. We have that? to go
3: in and edit. But oh, anyway, it's
1: we need to call uh, Mr. Zillow. You that's do? Can crazy. you? I mean, it's just that algorithm. I mean, a lot of algorithms, like a code or something, that that we need to get Paul to call him and talk Correct. to. Correct. Um, so, here's the thing: like you talked about Zillow, and I was going to bring that up in the next segment, but let's let's unpack it a moment because. When I go give talks to real estate agents, my first, que- not one of my, not my only question and not my first question, but a question that comes up is I say, Hey, who out here are big fans of Zillow and Trulia? And it's always, I rarely get anybody to raise their hands and, sure. and, and, and I don't frame the question to try to trick people, but um, and Zillow is a, a revenue producing company. They're independent that they are what they are, but they have. In my mind, they're biting the hand that feeds them in some ways because you're a real estate agent. You've worked hard to get this listing. And unless you subscribe to their service, which does cost money, then you will then have other agents that are really being represented on the most searched real estate site in the world. So how is that fair? Well, they, they hijack you and they, um, what's it called when somebody's kidnapped? Ransom. They make yes. you pay a ransom. And and I'm okay with, with it if the technology is spot on, but, you know, half bath going, moving up to one bath, you know, those type of things was what I would be frustrated with as an agent. Can you, because c- we'll talk about your presidency at the um, association, but from your perspective personally, um, how do you feel your the relationship with Zillow is evolving or devolving?
3: Well, I think the relationship could have changed way, way back there if we were going to make any mm-hmm. sort of change. Unfortunately... As you just stated, they take our data and -hmm. then they sell it back to us. And so Mm -hmm. if I want to be represented on Zillow for one of my listings and me being the agent, then I have to obviously pay extra to do so. Mm -hmm. And I do. Yeah, sure you do. I I do because I don't need a brand new agent that's had their license for two weeks being represented as, Mm. as my, you know, listing that they're the agent. Plus when you get an inquiry from an individual on Zillow, they expect the agent to have the answers Mm. and this agent that's brand new does not. So, Mm. but regardless, it is what it is. And I tell my agents all the time, love them, hate them, whatever it is, what it is. And we will love Zillow. I mean, we have no choice. And so the buyers are on Zillow in the story. So therefore we're on Zillow. We're all over Zillow.
1: You nailed it. (laughs) You nailed it because it's, it's just is what it is. And it is a prerequisite as being a realtor. You have to understand Zillow. you have to pay the premier account. Fees. that's right. bottom line that that's it because <clears throat> you just said it. If you have somebody who will have um thirty seconds left in this segment, so I'll wrap this up and then we'll jump on it in the next segment. But if you have a real estate agent that is listed under your Zillow and they call them because they like their name or whatever the case is, well, they might not represent you and your brand and to the buyer. For all they know they're one of your assistants they're one of your employees so um and i'm sure that you guys talk about this when you meet with we agents do. and i'm sure most of your agents understand it um but just like my dad my poor dad he needed me to help him he had me for lunch the other day to rearrange his icons on his phone i thought it was this big talk he was going. he's like i can't get these icons i was like so there's demo, there's digital immigrants and there's digital natives And so some people need more help than others. So I wasn't looking at you for a specific reason. You were looking right at me. (laughs) Well, anyway, we'll be right back right after these messages.
0: The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: This is Kevin Ray. Welcome back into The Housing Hour. I am here with my right-hand man, Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. Thank you for joining us. Excited to be here. Um, Check us out on the web. It's thehousinghour.com. You can see our most current shows. You can breeze through our series. You can also uh, check out more information about Mark and myself. Mark does um, do birthday parties (laughs) if you'd like for him to come give a talk. Um, but in all seriousness, a lot of good data there. And we're going to post information about Laura as well. And uh, we're going to put put the liquidity factor, if you don't mind. Um, do. It's a great three-part series, Laura. You would love it. It's very good. He wrote it. But it has to do with the mortgage market and not just the mortgage market, but like the money that we get to lend and in the history of it. Because it's important to know the history of something so that you can help prevent things maybe from happening unfortunately we history repeats itself, right? <laughs> it does. If
2: we don't study it. Yeah.
1: And we need to understand it because you know what happens in real estate and in the mortgage industry, a lot of times they're, they're very similar in the type of things that happen, the activity level of our companies. Um, we're seeing prequalifications just skyrocket. I mean, it's unbelievable the calls that we're getting and we're so busy and we're thankful for that. Sure. Um, but it's secular and it happens, but, Um, I wanted to segue a little bit because we've talked a little bit about your company um, and what it is that you do. And I know you've got, you've got two boys, right? I do. I
3: do 10 and and 13,
1: 10 and 13. And and they're growing. I have two as well. I have one boy, one girl. Um, And so being able to balance, you know, that with my work life, that's obviously much more important than my work, but I want to be able to do both very well. Um, and you've been able to do that. And I think part of that is having a good team around you. We talked about having Beth and you have other people that are helping. Um, but what made you decide <laughs> to go out and say, Hey, because I think it's impressive. You go out and you want, you run for a president for the Knoxville area association of realtors. I kind of have a hint as to why, but I want to hear why you wanted to do it.
3: Sure. Sure. And that, that answer is very, very easy. Mm. Um, the sole reason that I ran to be the president of the Knox Flair Association of Realtors is because of my father. Mm. So my dad was president in 19... We, we get this a little bit confused. So we're going to go with 85. Mm. It might have been 82. Mm-hmm. And um, But my dad... We beat Alabama we, both years. See, so. that's good. That's good. So he's <laughs> past president And my entire life. He said, you know, I really want you to be a realtor and... Um, one day you'll be Realtor of the Year, which hasn't happened yet. And, and one day you'll be president of the, the association. And so, of course, I grew up thinking I would never live in Knoxville and never sell real estate. And then here I sit. So Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. That is cool. It gives me chill bumps. Interestingly, oh, this is a side note. Um, my mom, who also is in the mortgage industry, she's the president of Mortgage Investors Group and founder. She said a long time ago, she said she kept having this recurring dream that I was going to be the president in 2012, but she couldn't understand, like, she couldn't quite make out what it meant. Well, I ended up being the president of the Knoxville Mortgage Bankers Association in 2012. Wow. And she had the numbers and everything. So that's really interesting that you say that. And having like family in this industry has helped me immensely. Sure. Because it's something that you can draw on. I mean, I go to lunch with my dad who works in a totally different company. But at the end of the day, people are people and relationships are relationships. Do you find yourself as the president and the owner of um, Slyman being the leader, going and talking to mom, talking to dad? and 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 gleaning some advice from them since they've been down this path
3: absolutely absolutely and just in all areas whether it's a real estate deal that i'm having trouble with or just needing another idea Mm -hmm. or just before i even came here you know i have my parents are very very different you know i call my mom and said i'm having a crisis you know Mm -hmm. here are the five things that have happened to me this morning just will you just pray for me Mm -hmm. that's my mom i call my dad Mm -hmm. and i said you know i'm to do talk radio he's like okay here's you know one two three here's my advice so boom so um and then my kids on the way to school are like that's so cool you're on the radio so you know i have a a very wide
1: and, and I'm sure your boyfriend was very impressed as yes well, as well you know we happen to know I happen to know uh Kevin Brown is a great guy and um, Thank you. Uh, I see you on Facebook with him he's awesome Thank I think you. He's, he's a, a good real one. he's a real winner go ahead but, yeah. one of
2: the things I want to say is just,
1: shout out to Kevin Brown
2: and, and shout out to your father because yes, I remember sure. early, I mean growing up in Knoxville in the in the 70s my father used to go hunting for farms and Everyone that was auctioned, he would show up. And it was always your father auctioning these things. So I just remember that as a throwback to my day. How neat. It is. I hear
3: these stories every day, whether somebody comes to me in the grocery store and says, your dad used to coach me in Little League, which is crazy. That had to have been, you know, 50 years ago. Or I bought a house from your dad. Uh, but I hear that just over and over again. Man. And at 77, he's still working and we're trying to get him to slow down and not work 12 hour days, but he's still going strong.
1: That's awesome. Why well, I, I saw him on your website and he looks great. And I mean, I tell you, um, I hear some of the same stories, you know, when I was originating, I would hear, you know, Oh yeah, your mom helped me, helped us with our very first home to get financing, you know, and, and, and that's such a rewarding thing. It's like working with generation after generation and being here for the long haul, like Absolutely. 1971, that's a long time. Um, and putting the work in and it's, it's overall, it's to, to better the community. Absolutely. And, and another thing that I thought about when I heard that you were going to be president, or you may have, I may have heard you say this, um, but you are a producing agent, like you are a producing agent. You understand the trials and tribulations that agents are going through. And so that's the way I felt when I was the president of the KNBA, like I had been there. I had done that. I was doing that. That's important, isn't it?
3: It's very important. And I think, you know, I, I stress this a lot with our board of directors. that it's important as we're making decisions for the entire association of over 5,000 members that we are in the field, that mm. it's not that we're just brokering a company, that we are actually working with buyers and sellers and understanding the needs. And mm-hmm. it's important. Very important. Yeah.
1: And when you... um you know, when, when you talk about you becoming president, it's not like you just swooped in and ran for it. I mean, you had six years as a board of director, right? Correct. You were also on the woman, Women's Council of Realtors. You have experience in those leadership roles. And so you were sort of primed for this. Um, and what is it that your goals are for this presidency? I mean, you can have all the educate Because let's back up a moment. We just talked about how many agents we have. And. With a large amount of people, sometimes information is hard to disseminate, right? Correct. Um, And I see that as being a challenge, even with our company of 400, you know, it's just hard to disseminate information and get it right, you know? So what are some of your sort of, I read, you know, your statement of why you were running. So that gave me a little indication, but I hear from you, what are some of your objectives?
3: Sure. My platform is very, very, very simple Um, professionalism, communication, and connection. Mm. And those are the three things that I've strived for this year. Professionalism Mm -hmm. in our industry, um, because we have an influx of new agents coming in, Um, sometimes when the market's easier, quote-unquote, like Mm -hmm. it is right now where properties aren't sitting on the market as long, um, ethics and our professionalism might not be as strong as it needs to be. So mm. first and foremost, it's professionalism. Connection, I think it's important for our members because we're growing at such a huge pace um, that we connect with each other. Before this year, we weren't even doing membership meetings, mm-hmm. um, so we brought that back this year. It's just important to create value and bring our members together. And our members, meaning the agents mm-hmm. and then communication. And we've done a great job with this, with the association. We have a new association building, um, where amazing we're now building. It's, thank you. It's yeah, amazing. amazing. I wish I could take credit for it, but it's it definitely has nothing to do with me. We, we, um, the leadership that's gone before me had, um, taken such care of our finances that we were able to do this building you know without a mortgage so was just a
1: big part of that uh,
3: lyle was a huge part of that renovation lyle irish we have a great ceo with the association so Mm -hmm. just communicating with our membership via videos and newsletters and just keeping the communication strong.
2: Mm -hmm. What do you think the challenges are in your industry, maybe local and national going forward? Mm -hmm.
3: I think professionalism first and foremost is something that we will always, always struggle with just because the requirements to be a real estate agent are low. Mm -hmm. Um, The dues are low. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the low inventory, which then lends itself to other issues and it, and it carries through because as a seller, when there's low inventory and they're getting multiple offers, then the seller's not as inclined to do repairs that they need to do uh, because they don't have to. Mm. Um, So you just, it's a trickle effect. It's a great time to be in real estate. It's just,
1: you know, there's some challenges. You bring up some good points because it's with 5,000 plus members. You, you, you have to think of the challenges because that stretches quite a distance um, of 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 landscape. I mean, you, you. I don't know how far how far out west does does the association touch?
3: We, we actually Nots, cover twelve counties.
1: Twelve counties, right? So you've got a bunch of different types of shops, and you know, for instance, your shop you require some experience. Others don't require that. In um, in helping, I mean, educate people why it is that professionalism matters. You know, and we dealt with this in two thousand and eight. You know, if everybody was blaming the mortgage industry for the shortcomings and the ultimate fall of the housing market. Well, it's kind of like Peyton Manning says. You know, I get too much credit when we win. Maybe I get not enough credit when we lose. Or maybe that's uh, backwards. But you get what I'm saying. Like when he when he won the Super Bowl, you know, everybody was saying, "Oh, Peyton Manning, you did so good." But when they lost Super Bowl, they're like, "Oh, Peyton, you were terrible." Well, it's a team sport, so everybody's involved in. It. So we got a lot of blame, got a black eye. People were calling us things that we weren't really wanting to be called. And so the professionalism and the ethics and the integrity piece is so important because you as an agent or our loan officer can really paint the picture for the person that's receiving the information. Absolutely. So we will continue this. I got long-winded when I started talking about Peyton. I started thinking about football. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, we'll be right back in our our last segment in a moment right after these messages.
0: The housing hour with Kevin Ray continues helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the housing hour. Again, Kevin Ray, Mark Griffith, Laura Sliman, all here to help you understand real estate and hopefully give you some insight on what's going on out there. And also a little more about Laura. We've talked some about um, her. We've talked about her company and we've talked about um, where it was that she got her start been in the business since 1999 interesting year to be starting. And, you know, 1999, looking back over the years, you know, 2001, obviously we know what happened with nine 11 and, you know, the real estate landscape. I remember rates going to like six and a half percent when I first started in 2002. Um, and then, you know, they got better and all of a sudden it was like, everybody wanted to refinance, you know, agents, let me ask you this, um, before we get into our next topic and sort of wind down and wrap up. Um, when you're a real estate agent and you have a variety of options for mortgages, I mean, you have Quicken, obviously, you've got Mortgage Investors Group, and let's just use those two as an example. So Quicken, it's online. There's a lot of good things they can do. They've got the the, the Rocket Mortgage or whatever. You know, you may not be able to meet with your, your loan officer face-to-face, which some people, that's that's okay. They don't care about that um but you have that model and then you have like the MIG model which yes we want if you want to meet with us we can meet with you or you have the digital platform so we have exactly what they have maybe we don't market it as well because my feeling is it doesn't take rocket science to do a mortgage so keep it on the ground with us but that being said looking at those two models talk a little bit about how you approach referring someone to a mortgage professional because of its importance to the transaction. I mean, sure. because if you can't get the financing, you better have cash, right? Sure. Talk a little bit about that.
3: I try to start every transaction with a face-to-face meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, and that definitely helps with buyers finding out where they are, even in the mortgage process, have they talked to someone? And it's very similar to realtors. Everybody knows a mortgage lender and everybody knows a realtor doesn't mean it's the best realtor or the best mortgage person. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I always approach it from a relational standpoint Mm -hmm. that, you know, you are dealing with your single greatest asset, whether it's purchasing or selling and your lender is no different. You need to have a personal relationship. Mm. Um, the rocket mortgage has been, um, a new phenomenon because you're seeing it online and there's a lot of advertising there from a TV perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's not relational. And when there's an issue that comes up and every real estate transaction is different. And so there's a lot of key pieces. And when you need help, um, you're online with someone that right may or may not be able to help you hey, versus... this is Dave
1: from Phoenix Laura how can I help yes. you yes
3: and then Dave is paid hourly and Dave doesn't mm. doesn't care if I'm at the closing table and we're trying right. to close in an hour and and you know, this buyer's buying and this seller is selling right now, but in an hour, they're buyers. Mm. And so if this transaction doesn't close right now mm. in this hour, then shut Knoxville down. It, it, we, <laughs> you basically do. Knoxville is a, a small, big city. So um, it's a domino effect. Yeah. And so from a relational standpoint, I always tell people, you know, it's, it's good to start with someone that, you know,
1: yeah. well, <clears throat> being that you're from Oak Ridge, Mark, mm-hmm. talk about how you see real estate referrals coming and how that really is important to the whole transaction.
2: Well, as far as you know, as as far as what we see um, out there, we're getting a lot of referrals on, on different things. We're pre-qualifying people. Without the inventory, it becomes very problematic. What would you say as a real estate agent advising that buyer, somebody who's coming in, maybe they, they're coming out of an apartment complex, maybe they don't have the burden of a house to sell, maybe they're millennials coming out of the parents' basement, mm-hmm. but whatever they are, how would you advise them in a market that, where you have bidding wars? How do you prepare that, that buyer?
3: The million-dollar question also, a, a, is to be pre-approved and to have that letter in place, to know where their down payment is coming from, to have as much down payment as possible. Because when you're in a um, competing situation and sellers are looking at multiple offers, they're going to look at the strongest financial offer usually Mm -hmm. um so i I tell my buyers now the more money that you can save the more down payment that you can have the better
1: yeah if they put an offer in and say they're pre-qualified with a three and a half percent down and then you have somebody else who's putting 20 percent down there's definitely a difference
2: but what we're seeing a lot of complaints from the customer not complaints but just observations that the homes are sold before you know like the moment they hit the market absolutely Mm -hmm. there's contracts on that's right how can they get in front of that train they can't. Well, you don't. I mean, get that, in front that's of the that's train. just you want to jump on it. <laughs>
3: I mean, there's no way <laughs> to get around where we are in the market, and that is when a property hits the market, there are so many showings yeah. and then so many offers, and so um, and there's one house for those ten buyers, and so you know I just tell my buyers you're giving it your best, whatever that looks like. If that's ten thousand over listing price, if that's waiving, you know whatever we can waiver. Um, It's difficult. It's a hard, I I want to say, you know, be as positive as possible, but it is a very difficult buyer's market right now.
1: And Mm -hmm. when you look at a lot of buyers who are currently in place, they um, are looking at it really from your perspective in that, I don't know that I can even make this happen because of what I'm being told. And, And they get disenfranchised and they find a house and they fall in love with it and then they lose it and then that happens for the second time and then it's like well you know what i'm just going to wait and then you have on the other side of that you have these sellers that from 2008 to 2009 their houses sat on the market for a year a year or more whatever you know In, in in the price range that we're talking that we can't even keep homes on the market those same sellers and i think that what has happened is that they have tuned us out in a lot of ways because they just, they, they think there's no way. And even though people are talking about it, we're trying to communicate it. I mean, you were on Knoxville News Sentinels website in their video and we're discussing it. That's why we started this show. There's still people out there that haven't heard the message.
3: No, and until they experience it, and they will. And when they make that first offer and we say, you know, you need to offer full price. And, of course, a buyer says, well, why would I offer full price? I don't want to offer full price. Nobody wants to pay full price. You want to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they lose it and they lose the first one, then, unfortunately, the message is there. It's just a there's a fine line there because uh, at the end of the day, a property's worth what a property is worth, and if they're getting a loan and the lender then orders an appraisal, and that appraiser is using current comparable sales. A property is worth what the appraiser comes back mm. and says the value is. So
1: mm-hmm. that's another thing too, mm-hmm. because you know we have this whole idea that a, a property is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, and that's just not in the mortgage. Um, definition. So, if they're paying cash, yes, that's probably true. But sometimes, and, and it's it's one of those things. I'm under the um, belief that that is true. There needs to be a lot of of percentage that the appraiser looks at. If somebody's willing to pay this, guess what? The supply and demand. Absolutely. But w- what we don't want to have happen is what happened in 2006, where it's just like we're just ramping up. And I mean, if you look at a chart, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable what happened. Nashville seeing a lot of um, some of the similar earmarks. Um, there's not as big of a supply shortage, I don't think, in Nashville as there is in Knoxville. I may be totally wrong about that. I,
3: I, my last statistic I heard was 210 people a day moving to
1: Nashville. Right.
3: So right. Uh, there's more cash in the the Nashville market That's than true. Knoxville has.
1: A lot of Vince Gill's out there mm-hmm. paying <laughs> cash for stuff. Um, and so,
3: we,
2: I was I was kind of curious about year over year. Um, where are we from last year? It seems to be busier. Is it or are the is this area selling more homes? Have the sale prices gone up? The sale we- prices
3: have gone up. But we're about twenty thousand over um, sales price from last year, so prices are definitely rising. Mm-hmm. Our inventory is almost at half what we were this time last year, so
1: smaller
3: again we have more realtors that have license than we have available properties and that's in 12 counties
1: right well in in your video which actually i'll try to send that to you so you can post it Mm -hmm. um it was in march and it's still valid today i mean you said and basically you know i don't want to steal your words but you basically said we didn't think it could get worse but it is this year from an inventory standpoint but what that means for somebody that's selling between like you know up to what? what? What would you say is the target range? I mean, you can't sell a $900,000 house in two days, probably. Maybe.
3: Well, it depends on where it is, <laughs> but it, it's all price points, whether yeah. that's 50000 or $500,000. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing it all it, over. If
1: you have it priced right. If, you
3: have, if the condition is right and mm-hmm. the price is right. And so you're just seeing... It, it's very different right now. When I put a property on the market, if a property has been on the market seven days or 10 days, that's a long time to not go under contract. And yeah. in a seven day period, if we're showing five to eight times a day, mm. you just think how many showings you're having.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unbelievably we have come to the end of the show. It's been so good having you, Laura. Thank, Thank you, you for coming in and giving us all that you gave. It's really good to hear from you and, and hear all that you're doing and I would definitely recommend going to uh, the You can find the bio, the different um, links that we spoke about on the housing hours website. Um, and for people out there that are listening, you know, that want to buy be a great opportunity for them to come talk to you, work with, with your team. And I know that they will be very happy. And if you guys remember the movie divergent, that group that jumped on the trains, that's what was one of their earmarks. That's what we have to do for a buyer. We need to just jump on the train we get out there in front of it we're going to get ran over by that locomotive because the, the timing is right there is a house out there for you and you know what you can make it happen but you have to have the vision and that vision comes from a great real estate team and laura can provide that so thank you laura
3: thank you for having me
1: and on behalf of mark and our team here at the news talk radio thank you for joining us we'll see you next time right here on the housing hour